Hi, my name is Manan. And I'm Harshit. And we're starting a new podcast called The Next Big Think. Every week, we'll have a conversation where we explore a particular topic which relates to how we live life. Decision-making, mental models, value systems, and more. We'll ask questions, uh, dig a little deeper, and uh, ideally leave with a little more insight, and maybe even something actionable. We'll be putting out an episode every week, so please subscribe to The Next Big Think on whatever your podcast app of choice is. Thank you. All right. Hi, Harship. How's it going? It's pretty good. We're making the best of this shelter-at-home situation that we can. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all we can do. What is it now? Day. I think it's more than more than a month for almost a month for me at this point of of being of not going to work, and then gradually not more than three four weeks of having gone to a restaurant and things like that. But yeah. Mine's a little bit less than that, but pretty much about the same. Hey, we get to do this podcast. I get to be stuffed on food by my aunt. So that's, that's fun. Um, cool. So what I thought we would discuss today is this thing that I've been thinking about recently around success or, or achievement. Success is such an overloaded word, first of all. But when we talk about achieving things in life or, or success or, or whatever, just individual pursuits, especially as kids, we are always told about hard work and that you should always work hard. And even in all self-growth books or self-growth talk that, that we hear, it's all about work hard and, you know, hustle and all of that. And I think obviously hard work is an important part of that equation, but as I've grown, and especially when I look back on the last few years, I have realized that, yes, hard work's important, but there's also a big role uh, played by the decisions that you make. And like you, if you made a decision and then no matter how hard you work at it versus making a completely different decision and working as hard or even slightly less hard, could could lead you to end up in two very different places. I mean, yeah, I guess my general point is that, especially as we grow older, uh, the decision-making portion of that equation, like if you look at at uh, success or achievement, uh, say you say 50% hard work and, you know, if I would say 50% is making the right decisions. So what do you what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I agree. I would personally say that making the right decisions is more than just 50%. Like working hard is absolutely important. And no matter what decision you make, you should make sure that you're working at it as hard as you possibly can. But picking what you're doing and, you know, deciding on doing something is a lot more important quite often because it really does make a very, very, very measurable impact in what ends up happening at the end of the day. You know, companies can choose to work on two different products and what they often choose to work on will determine whether the company survives. Person can choose to spend their time building two different skills and the skill that they end up picking 
can often determine things such as side hustles, like you said, or entire careers, or, you know, maybe yeah. even just happiness and somewhat a feeling of self-fulfillment. And it is pretty important that as humans, as normal people, we try to, at every possible time, make decisions that are as well thought out as possible. Yeah, 100%. And especially the thing you said about picking a skill or, you know, we could even call it picking a major if you're in college. It's, it, it has such a, a great effect on, on the rest of your life. I mean, it does and it doesn't, but, but if, if I'm talking about why it does, let's say if someone picked, I don't know, um, a, any, so if someone picked computer science, which is what we both did versus, uh, you know, I don't know, think of, uh, something on the other extreme, which, uh, perhaps doesn't pay as well. And assuming that your job, assuming your goal is to, uh, have a high paying job, there are certain majors which pay more and there are certain ones which don't. And, uh, if you didn't make that decision properly and then later in hindsight, you realize, okay, why am I not keep getting paid enough? it's you should have spent more time or more given more thought to that decision. Uh, sure. It is reversible in the sense you can go back and learn those skills. And I have, I know some people who do that and who are doing that. Uh, but, but it does have an impact on you for, for a few years at least. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do agree with that. And, you know, some majors they'll pay more, but, I think sort of as a small counterpoint there, the decision-making, it's a very tough task because in life, money is not the only objective and money is not something you can always optimize for as simply. You know, it's easy for us to say that, you know, we picked computer science that provided us with these well-paying careers, but we could have been less skilled with math we could have been you know uh less focused in some technical backgrounds and maybe we would have just been a lot more inclined towards art or political science or public speaking or something like that and things like that can make huge differences in one how we're able to perform under the decision we made and two how we're able to move ahead and you know keep ourselves happy with the decision like the decision might pay off monetarily but that doesn't always reflect in how fulfilled we are obviously we can talk at length about decisions being optimized for different things but how are you i guess on a more personal level defining what is a good decision how do you make that decision which metrics are you focusing on when you make such a decision yeah for sure uh great points also i mean i don't mean to shill on any majors here and i think different people choose different things for different reasons but like you said there are so many factors right there's i mean okay let's if we take the choosing your major example there is what will i do after i graduate uh do I want a job? Do I want to go to grad school? What am I personally inclined to? What am I skilled at? Uh, 
is there anything which I'm uniquely positioned to do? Uh, can I study something which I can then combine with the skill I have and then pursue a combination of those things? Um, there, there's a lot of factors. And I think my hypothesis is that most people, especially at that age, do not give it enough thought. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think I gave it enough thought. I gave it some thought and I, there were some factors I considered. Uh, and even the people around me that I noticed back in college and you were, you know, when you're applying to colleges, you know, 17, 18, thinking of what you're going to do next. I, I think you just sort of get drifted into things and you go with it. And sometimes that's fine. And sometimes that works out great. But at other times, you do want to think it through from the various aspects and uh, try and get as much information as you can about the different choices that you have. So for instance, one of the thoughts in my mind, which, which prompted this, uh, this, this whole idea is that, as you know, now I'm looking to move into product management. I'm currently a software engineer, as I have been since graduation. And I'm looking to move into product management. And I knew I was interested in product management since I want to say junior year of college. And I knew that was something that I could be good at. That was something that I would like to at least try. And that was, that was a direction I would like to move in. But I didn't double down on it for various reasons. I, I got a software engineering internship. Then I got a software engineering job. And in my head, it was like, okay, this seems interesting as well. And it did generally seem quite interesting. Um, and uh, it's paying well and, uh, you know, uh, sure, let's just do it. And then we'll, we'll transition later. That was also another advice that a lot of people gave me. You can always transition later. And maybe that was sound, maybe it wasn't. You know, that's, I, I think it's not about where I ended up or what the result is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm realizing I should have given it more thought. And now it's, it is actually hard to switch versus if I had uh, started off as a product manager straight out of graduation, that would have led me to a very different trajectory and I would have been in a very different position than I am in now. Not that I'm in a bad position or anything, but, but you know, it's just choosing, uh, just, just picking that one decision of going for a software engineering job out of college versus going for a PM job. And almost two years later, you are in completely different uh, positions in life, so to speak. And then the choices that you make from there on will also be be influenced by that one decision because it's it's almost like a like a tree, right? Uh, if you think about it, in a sense, you have these decision trees, and you you take one, and you, it branches out into the next decisions, and so on. And uh, if you if you if you go on a wrong branch, so to speak, sometimes you might have to work your way back, and and that working your way back. Uh, could be could be avoided if you if you chose that that right branch to begin with. So, I think this is multiple levels, and you know I have points and questions for you on all of these levels. But, well, I'll I'll try to take this one at a time. All right. So the first thing we talked about college majors. We talked about how most people in that age don't nearly give it the appropriate amount of thought, the appropriate amount of consideration, because quite often this is a decision that is very defining to the rest of their lives, right? That's which college you go to, what you're studying, 
you know, how much debt you're taking, all of these things. But also, most people, when they make this decision, they're 17-year-olds. How informed can you expect a 17-year-old to be? Like, how can you expect a 17-year-old to be perfectly rational? There are so many different things that are happening in a 17-year-old's life, so many different factors that might influence them one way or another. And a lot of them, the impact would not be clear until they've gone through with an education or until they've lived like four or five years down the line, right? You can say a lot of things right now about how the decision you made might have been slightly different based on what you know now, but that is so rooted in your hindsight. So how would you, how do you suggest that we enable these people who are 17 college kids who are going in making such a big life decision to make that decision in the best way they can? Oh, I think that, so that's a lot of different levels of questioning wrapped into that. One is, how specifically if you're looking at college students how do we your question being how do we uh, equip them better to make to make better decisions and i think that that is a podcast of its own honestly that's a whole thing on how do you best use your major and i and i i knew my fair share of people who uh, later realized that they uh, should have chosen something else or uh, later later even switched and it was great that it was that was possible for them uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think if I were to try and answer that at a very basic level, I would say it would have to be a combination of uh, providing as much information as as you can and uh, having access to mentors. And in my case, I was lucky to have a few. Um, so so it's it's that and i'm sure there's a lot more i don't know what do you think I, I don't have a very good answer for the for the college major uh aspect specifically no that's fair and i think you know what college you major is something that we're centering on which as a concept expands to really anything else it's yeah the fact that there's so many decisions that are in many ways pivotal to what we end up becoming yeah and as human beings, we cannot be expected to be perfectly rational when we're making so many of these decisions because I don't know any if of it's these decisions like an expectation. Is... Sorry, go ahead. No, so what, what I'm trying to say here is like the optimal way is obviously to be as rational as possible and make so many considerations and really dive into what this decision means. But that is just an incredibly, incredibly challenging task because it means so much like as a college, as a high school student going into college, some of your interests are shaped by what you've done and seen so far. Some of your interests are shaped by what you've read. Not a lot of your interests are directly shaped by what the job market looks like. Sure. Yes, you're, the adults around you might say the job market looks great for political science majors. They might say it looks great for computer science majors. They might say it looks great for doctors, but not a lot of it is completely grounded in a combination of your skill set and your abilities plus the actual structure of the market itself like there is so much that goes in there so i think 
in my opinion, what ends up happening is a lot of these decisions are just from the gut. You find something that was interesting enough to you or that was appealing enough to you. You find something that you're in, leaning towards more. And you don't necessarily know that that's the best way to go. But all you can do is my gut is telling me that this is a good decision for me to take. And I have considered enough factors to feel like it's not an entirely stupid decision to make, that it is a decision I can be in some senses happy with, or that I can in some sense backtrack from. And then you just commit to it. And I think that is what choosing a major is like. That is often what choosing a job is like. That is quite often what a lot of decisions in life look like, you know? You yeah, cannot no, be I, perfectly informed to make some decisions, but you take those decisions in the sense that you either have a backup plan or you are comfortable enough with what it might take you down, even if it's not the best path. And then once you're there, you come to the second half of what we've talked about earlier, which is working hard. Yeah. But honestly, the, what all the things that you just said sound like a lot more than a lot of people I know uh, did when making their decisions or, or took into consideration. So you mentioned with whatever limited amount of information that I have and whatever I know about my skills, interests, and inclinations. Uh, and you also said uh, taking into account that that I can do this other thing as a backup or maybe switch out if I if it doesn't work out. Um, so all of this, honestly, for me, it seems like this is this is great. This itself is great. And I think a lot of people are not even doing this much. But we won't get into that. I think the meta point that I'm making is that um, especially after school, the impact of some of these decisions, be it which place you choose to live in, uh, what your first job is, uh, whether you want to take a year off to travel the world after graduation or not, whether you're going to go start your own startup or not. These, these do have, in my opinion, a significant impact. And then, you know, two, three years, two, three, four, five years later, you could end up in very different positions based on, on what you decided. And so I think my meta point is simply that we should, uh, Put, put, we should put that as part of the equation, making right decisions. And, you know, like, it, what if you identified the right, the, what if you went to the wrong, uh, wrong sort of company for you? Not, there's no wrong company, but if, what if you chose a job that was wrong for you because you didn't give it enough thought or you didn't uh, take in as much information about that place and the role and so on. Uh, and, you know, the, and, and a lot of times you, you could be locked in for a while and, you know, changing, it's sure, I mean, it, it's changeable, but it's, it's not, not that easy. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll summarize this or well, not a summarize, but my meta point, I, uh, this, there was this friend of mine in college, Kyle. He told me this. I, he was one year senior to me and I met him my freshman spring. And he was sort of like my mentor at that time. He was also in computer science and, and I was asking him for 
advice on uh, internships and, and whatnot. And uh, he could see that, you know, I was really keen and eager and I was trying to work hard and all those things. Uh, but, but I didn't have complete clarity as a freshman as to what my interests were or, uh, you know, what, what I wanted to do later on and things like that. And he could see that even if I couldn't uh, at the time. Uh, and he told me this, that a lot of people are really busy, but they're not going anywhere. And that stuck. That, that's pretty deep for a sophomore to be saying, but it's also fairly true. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think that's- you, you can keep working hard, but if you're not working hard in the right direction, then it really doesn't matter. You know, If you keep pushing a brick wall, sure, you're expending a lot of energy, but nothing's happening. Yeah, I think you break this down to, say, weightlifting, which is something you particularly enjoy. If less so now, can we can we can I whine a bit? <laughs> Corona has got my weightlifting down. I, all I do is push-ups these days. So, well, so all right, there you go. If you only did bench presses, at some point you would hit a cap. You would hit diminishing returns because you chose to not work out more holistically. You chose to not change up your exercises now and then and things that could have allowed you to, with the same amount of effort to see twice as much in terms of results, you're not getting because you are working in a direction that is actively pushing back against you or is just not preventing forward movement at a rate that would have otherwise been possible. So I guess, that also brings to the fact that some decisions are as much about one-time decisions as they are also about continual decisions. You know, mm. some things, sometimes you have every day a decision in front of you of whether or not you want to continue in the exact same path that you chose yesterday, or do you want to change that path up a little bit? Some decisions, you have the flexibility to change and I guess I want to get a bit of your thoughts on what do you think of decisions like that? You know, what are decisions like that that you see impacting your day-to-day life or maybe yes. even week-to-week life, right? You know, it's a decision that you can build on top of with yeah. different pieces and the pieces can be the same thing again, or it can be a different thing, or it can be something from an array of different choices, but it's something where one week, being suboptimal does not mean that everything in the future is done for. For sure. Uh, no, yes, this is something that, that I've given some thought in my own context. So one thing you brought up was, you know, how if you just keep doing one exercise and that's all you do and you just try to max out on that, you will not grow. In fact, maybe for the first three months, sure, you'll get a lot of gains on on the bench press but after that you will plateau and the whole thing with weightlifting uh, is that you want to change if you want to see growth and if you want to see increase in strength and increase in muscle mass or whatever you're going for the general advice all trainers give is change up your routines every few months anyway not to get too deep into this weightlifting metaphor the the point being that uh you want to be able yes i completely agree you want to step back every now and then and evaluate that what you are doing every single day 
is actually taking you closer to where you want to go. And uh, so in fact, for the longest time, I had that approach where I would just have my blinkers on and uh, I had this goal in mind and I had this paths in my head that that was the path I had to take to get to that goal. And uh, for months and years, I was just, just, uh, I'll just stick to that path and I'm not stepping back and looking around. I'm not looking at what other things I could do uh, in my head. Uh, there are certain things that I need to do and this, this is the way to get there. But the world is so dynamic and life is so dynamic and careers are so dynamic that, that I've, I've realized that if you do that and if you have your blinkers on for a long time, you, you will actually miss out. Yeah. And you'll lose on opportunity and, and learning and yeah. That's entirely true. I think it's, you have to be aware of the fact that what you might be doing might not be the only way to get to your final destination in mind. You might also be aware of the fact that goalposts change in life far more often than we give them credit for. You know, your goal right now is probably not the same goal you had six months ago. Right? Life is changing so quickly and decisions as important as they are are things that need to incorporate the flexibility and the sort of changing landscape that life brings around. You know, there's multiple decisions that you're making every day and obviously it's important to make the best ones, but it's also very important to, as you're acting on a decision, as you're working hard to work smart and working smart means being aware of how the world might have changed, of how different tools might have changed, of how the path that you had set in mind might suddenly not be the most optimal path, of how the returns you're getting on that path might suddenly be not as good for you anymore. And at that point, it is obviously a thing of privilege, but it is most certainly a thing that you should consider that is that decision you made initially to go down this path a decision you want to keep sticking with or is that something that you might want to tweak a little bit so that the amount of effort you're putting in right now gets you more return than it currently is yeah you know like i personally am the strongest believer in your effort should always be directed at the lowest hanging fruit available. <laughs> Not sure if I agree with that, but keep going. So I believe that because in life, we are looking for returns in sort of the best way as possible, right? Mm -hmm. We are looking for something, every piece of effort that we put in, we are looking to get something back from it. Or what you, the most what you're bang looking, for your buck, so to speak. Exactly, right? The most what you're looking to get effort. back from it can so, be different. Okay, okay so, yeah, so, but, I think, so I guess it depends let me how clarify. you define low-hanging fruit. Exactly, yeah. so let me clarify, right? The fruit is not always the same. The fruit is not the same for you every day. The fruit is not the same for every person. Fruit yeah. can be very different, right? Yeah. If I am a person who is choosing to 
let's see. All right, let's take it back to, I think, our jobs because that is something we do every day and we have most context on, right? Sure. You are tasked with building out this product with 10 specs or 10 pieces in the spec, right? Yeah. You can divert, you can put in one day of effort to finish each one of them versus putting in three days of effort to then finish all the tasks in half the amount of time they would have otherwise taken. So the first point, wait, takes you 10 days. The second one takes you, you know, eight days. The low hanging fruit here then is going for the task that makes life significantly easier further down the path. But also if you were someone who doesn't have the patience to put off the return for a little bit, then the lowest hanging fruit for you might be just going on with the task that's at hand and taking one spec at a time. So the lowest hanging fruit, in my opinion, varies from person to person. Every person has a different level of patience, a different level of tolerance for you know, lack of immediate returns. But mm -hmm. the point should be that in your vision, the thing that gets you the most return, however you evaluate that return, that is what you should go for. No matter what, you should be greedy because you do not have a clear visibility into every single path that exists. You should take right. the one so, that immediately under your objective sort of understanding provides yeah. you the best output and then go from there. Yeah, I think I think I think I agree with that that meta point. But but the the nuances of you know if I want if I'm optimizing, I'm, maybe I'm not necessarily optimizing for my life to be easier in the future. So I think I'm, I I have a problem with that definition of to going for something because in future it'll make your life easier because everybody is looking for the different things and. Exactly. Uh, has different goals and they're optimizing for different things. So, so that would depend. But I think the general point you're making is that you want to be uh, focusing on putting your efforts where you will get the most, most returns. But I, I, which, is, which is obviously fair. And I don't think anyone would disagree on, on this at a high level. But I don't know if I if I think about life decisions this way, like with this frame of mind necessarily. Um, I mean, obviously, as I'm I'm pursuing my goals, I think about how how will I get there, and and yes, at some level, I I do think that uh, uh, you know, let me how do I like like if I'm studying for an interview uh, as an example, and if I only have seven days. Obviously, I'll be looking at cheat sheets, or I'll be looking at uh, you know the the eighty percent uh, of the the eighty twenty twenty rule. That's what I'm reminded of. Right? I think of that. Yeah. What's the eighty? What's the twenty percent that I can study, which will give me eighty percent of the interview answers? So there's that. But but I don't know if I think of this just generally in life so much that I'm optimizing. Uh, do you? And and do you find it useful? I think at some level, you're not thinking of it actively. You are thinking of it passively very often. It's something that just subconsciously, like, all right, think 
about this. What decisions have you made recently? What decisions have either of us made recently, right? Let's go very simply, what I decided to cook today, right? I pick something that gives me the right result of what I'm looking forward to eat, what is in my fridge, what will take an acceptable amount of effort, and what will usually turn out good without, with like low risk, essentially. And within that, I make a decision. I'm not actively thinking of these four points as I'm picking what to eat, but I can promise you that somewhere in my mind, that calculation was made. Or somewhere when I think of a decision of like, hey, I can make gumbo today, or I can make a pizza today, I will think that, hey, pizza sounds less tasty to me right now than gumbo does. And I'm willing, because I have some time, to put in the extra half an hour or hour of prep to get the gumbo. And that is a decision-making process that you are running very regularly. And it's not something you think actively about. It's just something that subconsciously yeah, happens. For sure. You know? I think it also depends on what the activity or decision and concern is. Like you brought up cooking and I am lazy. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I love cooking. I love getting the food. And yeah. I like being able to make something which is quick and easy. So for me, I'm, I think most of the time I am subconsciously optimizing for uh, subconsciously doing that most bang for my part. Okay, what's something I can get done exactly. in 20 minutes? That that's that something you're suffice. doing. It's enough for my taste and for my nutrition. And you know, that's it. Exactly. And that's something every one of us is doing but, every single day in whatever we do. Sure. You think of a decision, you think of a path. Yeah. Yeah. And something sure. in your mind says that I prefer the other path. That's your yeah. gut. That's your yeah. intuition. Your intuition is not just something randomly that comes up. Your intuition is something that has for been sure. trained but, but over hundreds and thousands of decisions. For sure. But what I was getting at was that, yes, with, with these things, yes, but um, I'm going to use a personal example here. So uh, Harshad and I went to high school together. And if you remember back in high school uh, for exams, for physics, chemistry, math exams, uh, you would often strategize and you would often apply. I could see you applying the 80-20 rule. Of course, I didn't know what the 80-20 rule was at that point. 100%. Now I can see you that you did that. Uh, I didn't do it all the time. I did not. And I saw you did that. And I was like, wow, Harshit's quite a strategist and, and he's being smart about it. But for me, for certain topics, like some topics in physics and some topics in math, I just genuinely loved solving each and every problem or genuinely loved going down the rabbit hole. So for me, I mean, I don't know if I was consciously doing it or unconsciously. I don't think I was thinking too much, but I would do, I would go all the way and uh, maybe I wasn't optimizing for the most bang for my buck, but, but I enjoyed doing it. So, so maybe I was getting what I wanted out of it. Exactly. Uh, like your intuition was telling you, hey, you will be a lot happier if you did think X versus the other way. When sure. you say I did the 80-20, I will definitely tell you this. I did the 80-20 a lot more in things I was not actively fond of versus things I was fond of. There were chapters in math that, I absolutely loved and I would spend a good amount of time on. But then in that remaining amount of time that I had, I still knew that everything else had to be done. I could not just 
not be doing those. And everything had, else had to be done at a level that was a definition of acceptable. Acceptable in that we were going to be taking tests and I still had to pass the overall test. I could yeah. do very well in a few chapters in math, but if I yeah. failed in chemistry, I wasn't going to get the larger objective, which I was shooting for. Yeah. So, so, you're, so you're at some level, I had to cut off feeding that part of my mind, which said, hey, keep doing calculus if you're enjoying calculus. And instead, pick up my chemistry book and be like, let's look through exactly the kind of questions that come very often or that represent patterns that are commonly repeated so that if I have these concepts in mind, I might not be able to solve everything, but I will be able to solve enough of a fraction where then my interest in math might carry over my overall score into an acceptable range. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So your, of course, the meta point was that we are optimizing for uh, getting the most return or reward or result from our efforts. And uh, we don't always have, we don't always think of that actively and maybe we should not always, but in certain situations, you would say that, that it helps to, to be able to think of that actively, that, that being a lens for making decisions as to yeah. what uh, would give me the most for, for this much effort. Yeah. And I guess uh, at some points it also, here's another thing, making a decision, being fully informed to make a decision might take some amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yes, after you take that time, you'll probably make a decision that is optimal. Right. But quite often, the value that you get from having made that decision, the return that you get from that decision would not be worth the time to make that decision in the first place. Picking which chapter I studied had a lot lower value than picking which college I go to. And so picking which chapter <laughs> I studied did not get enough consideration. It was more a, yes, I feel like this is the best direction of my efforts right now, and I'm not going to overthink it. I will just go with it versus picking which college I have to go to, picking which job I have to go for. It's that, well, I have far fewer options right now. And each of these options is a dramatically different path which isn't just a temporary one day or two day difference. It actually actively impacts what my next one year, my next two years, my next four years might look like. Yep. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah. No. So your point being that obviously there are some decisions which are a lot more consequential. So there you definitely want to think more and evaluate more. And, and that yep. makes perfect sense. Uh, um, so one point you made was that we don't always have all the information and we sure we could take the time out and get all the information for a, a decision and then we'll be able to make the perfect decision. And, uh, so this reminded me of this concept of, uh, transactions costs. And now we're getting into the flip side of the argument. We started by saying that you should evaluate more and, and, uh, give more importance to your decision-making process and think more and, uh, and get as much information as you can. And that's all true for certain kinds of decisions. Like you mentioned, obviously, which college you go to, which major you, you decide, which job you take, and so on and so forth. But uh, other things, you don't want to do that because 
it takes too much time and it may not be worth it. And uh, this reminded me of <laughs> this concept in economics of transactions costs, right? Like in economics, you assume a perfect rationality when, when you think about uh, consumers and their actions and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there is this notion of transactions costs. Like, sure, uh, I could uh, decide, let's say, which ice cream I want or, uh, you know, which novel I want to read next. And sure, there is maybe a perfect way of deciding that. There is an algorithm I could come up with. There are so many categories. What This is my mood. This is what I feel like. This is my reading level, blah, blah, blah. And I could spend hours and hours just deciding. And maybe I'll get at the perfect decision. But the transaction costs is probably not worth it. Uh, anyway, I could I could go on about transactions costs and <laughs> their role in economics. It's, it's been a while and I miss economics. Uh, so I won't get too much into that. Uh, cool. All right. I think I think we're at a good point to end. Uh, Harshit, do you have anything else to add? Any other insights to offer? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered a lot of things around, you know, making decisions and what goes into making decisions and, you know, identifying good decisions versus, you know, just going with a gut feel, the cost of making decisions and, sort of at the end of the day, wrapping up in from where we started, it's sort of decisions versus hard work, right? And decisions will always be important, often more so important than hard work, but I guess your decisions aren't going to get you anywhere just by themselves. Yeah. And yeah. There's, there's both. it has to be a combination of both. But, and yeah. really, you never know which of the two arms took you further yep. until you've gotten all the way. That's true. And the best you can do is in the time you have, make as good of a decision as you can and then work on it as hard as you can. And trust that at some level this will pay off and be aware that if it doesn't, you can find another place to go. Yep, absolutely. So with that, uh, we shall end. But before that, I have this quick thing that I want to share, which ties into a lot of the stuff that we were talking about earlier. Uh, there was, this is from a commencement address, and I actually made a blog post about it about two or three years ago. I don't think you've seen it, Harshit, because you don't read my blog, so, so go read my blog. But uh, <clears throat> Send it over, I'll read it. I think this guy's name was Martin something, and he's like a, He's a big hedge fund guy. Anyway, so his commencement speech, this, uh, this guy uh, said at the North Arizona uh, University sta- address, when I was standing where you are, I wanted to be the world's best computational physicist, Casado told the crowd. And soon after, I wanted to be the world's foremost cyber policy expert. But instead, I went to grad school and then I wanted to be the world's best academic. And I certainly didn't accomplish that. Then he goes on to say, you are unlikely to achieve your goals. The reason is that you probably don't realize how many amazing opportunities are out there and how much you'll enjoy them. You are unlikely to achieve your goals because a better one is likely to smack you in the face while you're looking the other way and you'll be an idiot not to follow it. So my guidance to you is as much as you work towards your goals, 
take some fraction of that effort and work on being open to change and to opportunity. I agree that, you know, coming from someone who was smart enough to be a commencement speaker, you know, I have nothing to refute <laughs> that with because yeah. I 100% agree there. Yeah, and I love the phrasing, like he's basically saying, I hope you don't achieve your goals because I hope your goals change and then that's how it should be. And uh, yeah, let's keep life is an ever changing yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. 10 years ago, I might have wanted to be the number one, I don't know, like, programmer of Android apps. Right now, I couldn't give a damn about making Android apps. What, what do you give a damn about, Harshit? Honestly, who even knows? This is, this I is give our, a damn. This is podcast episode two next week. <laughs> I, I, I give a damn about having done enough work that I am happy with that I can see a result from on people's lives around me and then coming home with enough money to spend on things I like and eat whatever food I want to eat. You know, I'm a simple man. I'm not a simple pleasures here. Yeah, a man makes the fanciest gumbo I've ever had. Just simple man. All right. I think it's a good time to stop the recording. Uh, cool. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked it, please rate us on whatever platform you are listening this on. And uh, bye-bye.